Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I am your judge, John Hodgman. What am I doing? Why isn't Jesse Thorne talking? Well, because today we have a very special guest bailiff, our friend, Jean Gray. Hi, Jean. Hello. I am also, um, I'm everyone else's judge, not just yours. You are the judge. You're the all-seeing judge of all. Yeah. You're not a a bailiff. You're you are an equal in this tribunal of judgment. Well, no, no, no. I can be a bailiff. I'm just saying okay. I I am also judge of all. It has nothing to do with this show. I'm just very judgy. You are. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I can live up to your judgment. Oh, you always do. You do. I try. I would let you know if you didn't. I was I was like, how does Jean feel about the I wonder how Jean would judge me making this delicious broth. What's the what's the broth? Mar- I'm having a- some broth. I'm having my afternoon broth. Boy, we are old, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just. <laughs> I, I need a I need a little nourishing broth in the afternoons. That's team. what I said. I said we're old. I've been really into this uh, handashi. Oh, it's very. It's really yeah. It's great. Good for you. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I have it in the cabinet. It comes in a little. So dashi, of course, mm-hmm. is a kind of catch-all term. For any uh, Japanese nourishing broth, you can make it with kombu seaweed. Yep. You can make it with bonito, bonito, uh, flakes. bonito flakes. Handashi is like the Nescafe moments it is. of dashi. <laughs> is, it's do you have the little the, the little tear open um, packet that you? That, I don't have it in packets. I have it in a little jar. It comes in a very satisfying little jar. Oh, good get. for you. When you're working through as much powdered dashi as I am, you need the jar. Did you get this dashi at H Mart? Do you go to H Mart? I did not get it at H Mart. Do you know where I got it, Jean? Where? It's funny because I, <laughs> I Is just this a, was a called, Park Slope a small store. I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and Mister and Mrs. Lee run a store, which is terrific, right across Seventh Avenue. Mm-hmm. And it used to be called B and H Groceries. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those initials were for. And fur. That's how I talk now. Fur. I talk like uh, <laughs> I don't know. I talk they like were a character. Fur. I, talk, I, talk, I talk like a character from Oklahoma. I don't know what they were for. <laughs> I know that. I know that's as high as a building ought to go. Everything's up to date in Kansas City. They've gone about as far as they can go. Oh boy! They got themselves a skyscraper seven stories high. No, let me that's stop you right there. It. Let me let me stop you right. Let me, no, to go. no, 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 no. I've been judged lacking. No, it's not you. It's just musicals. No, on all musicals. You know what? I'm. A, I simultaneously love musicals and hate musicals that's but because that's your whole human being that's what a human being does yeah. loves and hates musicals yeah. the duality of gene but what about the dashi at the store oh, what yeah b and h b and h groceries where they they have wonderful products from around the world mm. many years ago they redid re the entire place they bought the next storefront they expanded they them. renovated they put up a new uh new uh, awning with a brand new name What's the name? And I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'll say it again. It's called The Bad Wife. I, and people said, Mr. Lee, why is it called The Bad Wife? And he kind of shrugged. He's like, I don't know. It's for like, if a husband or wife has forgotten something for dinner, they can stop by and get and get their dashi at the last minute. And now it's something that you don't see. You don't even see in the neighborhood anymore because everyone loves The Bad Wife. But it is called The Bad Wife. And every now and then you remember, oh, this store is called The Bad Wife. That's weird. So, you know, in 2022, um, and just my feelings in general, in my body, in my brain, and my experience, I'm supposed to be like, that's not cool. But honestly, that's very funny. <laughs> it's, it's a great name. They sell t-shirts. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> they Good sell for t-shirts. Them. It's their business. Yeah. They've been they've been with each other. They thought it was funny and they went that far. And I love anyone who's like, Yep, that's it. That's and what we're doing. As I say, you stop seeing it after a while, yeah. such that over the holidays when they start like selling racism. Bat- like racism. Okay. <laughs> I told you it was gonna get dark today. Fair hit. Fair hit. You just stop seeing it. It's just you're like, that's normal. Yeah, they have t-shirts that say the bad wife on them. And I was like, I'm going to get those for my whole family. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like the whole family. Do they have children's sizes? Of course they do. No. Okay. Of course they, they do. They have hats? But I can't send what they don't have hats. Like tote. Oh, I'd park slope. They got tote bags. Oh, I'm sure they have totes. Yeah. 
I'm sure they have totes. I'm sure the t-shirts are like made out of the tote bags. But they have uh, Hondashi. Yeah. They've got sardine, powdered sardine dashi there. Mm-hmm. I do an, an anchovy broth, Ooh, but I do that for my steamed it. eggs in my stone pot. Whoa. Yeah. I've, I've gone very far into some great cooking. You've gone down the salty water route. Yes, I have. And it's been a great time. I pep my dashi. If it's not salty enough, I add a little soy sauce and a little um, sriracha. Mm. You're, I'm, I'm going to send you a list of all the, the condiments that are currently in my kitchen. It's There's a lot going on and, and a lot that you can put in that, in that dashi. Any, uh, any, any dried chilies? Any fresh chilies you put in there? No, but I'll try that. Mm-hmm. Just cutting up some fresh ginger. Like slices of ginger and just mm. let it cook a little longer than normal is so lovely. That's very nourishing so and good, good. F- good for the tum-tum, I mm-hmm. would imagine. Settling yeah. to the stomach. Yeah. And ginger's just good for you. Before we get into the docket, I'll tell you another story. Mm-hmm. Speaking of settling the stomach and racism, I went to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I think of Boston, I'm like, if hometown. you can stomach racism other places you think you can summit and if it's like if you're like i'm okay with that boston is a good place to go to feel like uh, upset in your stomach about racism well did we encounter some casual racism in boston of course we did mm-hmm. <laughs> does every cab driver in boston presume that you're a racist and therefore yes. you want to talk about it yes yeah yeah no but i got a stump i got a stomach bug this was just a genuine stomach <gasps> oh bug. yes not COVID or nothing mm-hmm. and i was there with this young man that lives in our house touring a local <laughs> college <laughs> and i I was like on the tour and the this is not a this is an urban campus Mm -hmm. so there's no it was not like that we were walking around on beautiful that's racist that's racist (laughs) do you mean black do you mean a black campus because that's the word that's the word that people like I know to that's use. a code that is a code word. Oh, you just meant the city. Oh, you just meant the city. Uh, okay. I just meant oh, that okay. this is a that this is a, col- this is I was a college. Like, oh, your son is gonna go to an HBCU in Boston? What? It's a very 2022 weird, yeah, he's is to a wild. He's going to a historic black college and or university that is in Boston. Wow. I'm a so lot proud. going on. I'm just so proud. No, I just, I got a stomach bug and during the middle of the college tour, I had to throw up. And it's like, you know, when you're, when you're raising a human to replace you, which is what parenting is. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't have kids. I don't want anybody replacing you're, you're me. Replace, get out of here. You're, you're get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. Like there are two things that you hope for. One, you hope that they become self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And two, you hope that you don't vomit in front of them during their college tour. And one of those dreams came true. Ooh. Did you exit? Yes. The like, okay. So you vomited on your own. It wasn't like well, we were up, we were up we in this building, the... like on the eighth story of this building. Oh, jeez. On this uh, city campus, and I, and I was like, when are we going to another building so I can go find a quiet garbage can mm-hmm. or an alleyway or something? Because mm-hmm. I couldn't. I wasn't allowed to use the facilities in there. Because it was Luckily, black? Because of COVID. Oh, no, that makes sense. That's the yeah, other yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. One thing you definitely do not want to do is is vomit in <gasps> front of your child on a college tour during COVID. Because even though yeah. even though tummy trouble is is not a, a common though it's yeah. a symptom of, of COVID, doesn't mm-hmm. look good. It does not. Any, any ounce of a uh, slight a show of weakness... <laughs> Yeah. And people are like, what? what's that? What's, yeah. what's wrong with you? No, I would have. So anyway, your dream is that your child becomes self-sufficient mm-hmm. and that you don't vomit in front of them on their college tour. One of those dreams came true because as we were moving from one building to another, I just said, I got to I gotta go. Mm. I got to go. You have to do this on your own. And to his credit, he was like, yep, no problem. And he turned right and I turned left and immediately yacked. On the streets of Boston, which is frankly what the streets of Boston deserve. I mean, yeah. Streets of Boston. I love Boston. Sorry about that. It's my hometown. Then you got to throw up in your hometown. You just left a little bit of you. You got to hear like, here, here's a little bit of me. What I did was I spring cleaned myself because it is spring. Spring has sprung, Gene. Has it? Not really. Uh, you're, de- you're. Am I allowed to reveal where you are? In the depths of hell. Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, nothing against you, Baltimore. Just my own personal hell. But yes, Baltimore. I'm sorry to hear that. 
Hmm. Well, and Baltimore is the, is the city that reads, the charm city. Yeah, I read lots. I've bought a lot of books since I've been in a lot of bookstores, too. Is it springtime in Baltimore? Is anything blooming? Well, yeah, see, the issue is that the earth is confused. Um, so, like, our grass is coming up and, like, the trees are sprouting and there's, like, a couple of little blooms. And then I feel like they all come out and they're like, hey, everybody, what's... <clears throat> I'm a little cold. <laughs> Does anybody have some small jackets? <laughs> or Little what? tiny jackets. Are we early? I feel like we're on time. Should we drive around the block a few times? Should we wiggle? Wiggle. Okay. We'll just okay. wait. Okay. Um, so things are blooming, but it's still, you know, it's up and down. And I, New York and Baltimore basically have the same weather until we start to get a little bit deeper into the, the summer. But this year in particular, it does feel that the earth is confused. It's like it does not want spring to happen, does not want to get warm, does not want to wake up. No. And I think it's going to go, you know, hard and fast. We're going to delve into uh, our the tropical monsoon summer that we're going to live on the Northeast. <sighs> well, Gene, in times past, there was a time when when trees would bud and birds would come around and tweet. And maybe you'd take a carpet out and you'd beat it. I did beat a carpet. Have you ever beat a carpet? I do. I have uh, rugs that I that I have to do that with because I I like a good rug. So I got to take them outside. Is that part of your spring cleaning routine? Um, no. Um, uh, maybe like every like four months. Oh wow. Yeah, but but I I did was like I w- I was like this should be part of the spring thing. So I did do that. Yeah, I took my rug outside. When I was in college and I lived on Edgewood Avenue in New Haven, 16 Edgewood Avenue. Hey, everybody, if there's anyone who knows who lives there at 16 Edgewood Avenue, I want back in. I want to see my old room. And uh, and it was terrifying. There's so much stuff came off of that rug. It's, yeah. Also, because I, you know, grew up in New York and it was always like, you got to take the rug outside and, and beat the rug. And I was like, where am I, where do you want me to do that? <laughs> out, the win- out the window, right? What? So it's nice to finally be able to do that. And I'm like, oh, there's been so much stuff just settled in there. Um, so as part of spring cleaning, it's a great effort. If you can take, if the place that you live in allows you the ability to take your rug outside. And you know what that, du- you know what that dust is, right? People. It's people. It is people. It's, it's, yeah. When our neighbors in our building left for a long period of time, because of world events and went to a different place. Mm-hmm. They asked us if we would look in from time to time and make sure everything was not burning or whatever. Yeah. And when they and then they finally said we're going to come back and uh the woman who uh I'm married to who's a whole human being in her own right said, oh, "I'll go and clean it up." And she went over there and it had been months and months there was nothing to clean. There was zero <sighs> dust. Do you know why? Yeah. No humans. No, no people. It's just Dust is humans, everybody. You got to exfoliate. Well, I I don't have a choice, do I? Anyway, this is the time of year when we get our human residue out of our carpets. And we we hope, you know, uh, knock the dust out of our minds a little bit. I hope so. That would be nice. That would be nice. One last thing. I just love talking to you, Jean Grey. I know that we've got some justice to dispense here. But one more thing Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Because I was just saying, I want to go back. To the house I lived in in the early 90s in Haven, Connecticut. You just went back to where you grew up. Yeah. Which is where? Tell the people. Um, I grew up in the Chelsea Hotel, which wow. just reopened. Um, and I've been keeping uh, an eye on them. Uh, <laughs> Are you so haunting I, this I, hotel, Jean? I, yeah, no. I like a live haunting. And... Um, I like, you know, haunting my old my old neighborhood and my and my old the old place that I grew up in. Uh, so they were under renovations for a very long time. Uh, some people stayed. I was not one of those people. Um, I left in 2012. So I guess it was like 10 years since I'd actually been in the wow. building. Um, yeah, my my mom was still there. So that's right around the time when you and I met. Mm hmm. You had just must have just moved out. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was a bit. It was because I knew you grew up there. Deal. I just didn't realize you still yeah. had. No, my mom, my mom right. and my brother stayed there. Like that, you know. 
you know, you leave your childhood home and then your parents like are still there. Um, but yeah, right. I got to. Uh, and then they, they shut down booking... your childhood home and, and yeah. turned it into a boutique hotel. <laughs> in, into a boutique hotel. Um, so yeah, I stayed and uh, it was. For listeners who don't know, the Chelsea Hotel, when you were living there, sorry to interrupt. Yes, you, but no problem. The Chelsea Hotel is in New York City. That That was a residential hotel where it was pr- primarily known for. The artists and writers who lived there, the counterculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, your 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 mom, who is no longer living, mm-hmm. uh, was an incredible uh, jazz singer and performer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and then Sid Vicious, also I guess. Who, and and also others. Sid Vicious. And also Sid Vicious. Also Sid Vicious and and Janis Joplin and, and uh, Janis Joplin. you know Andy Warhol and 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 all and yeah and we moved in in 1977 so it was full on swing the chelsea hotel right. um uh kids that grew up there like my mom's friend viva her daughter uh, is gabby hoffman um so oh, sure. we're, we're the same age so there was a lot of like kids growing up there um i keep an eye on it because uh, i'm actually writing something uh that's going that takes place in 1977 at the chelsea um so going back there and wanting to be like i'm i'm trying to really claim all of my new york stuff that uh my rap history has sort of taken away from me Mm. um for some reason everyone thinks i'm from brooklyn and i never said i was from brooklyn and i think the idea that um because i happen to look like me and do that music that the assumption even though i've always said I'm from Manhattan. Right. Is this weird idea to be like, right, Brooklyn. You had to you had to have been from Brooklyn. I, there's no, there's way. no way. There's, there's no, no way. There's no way that you grew up in the Chelsea Hotel. Right. In Manhattan. So yeah. It's uh it's weird to go to your childhood home. Well, Gene, we do have a lot of spring cleaning and springtime and cleaning and and floral related uh disputes mm-hmm. to here starting uh with a case i believe from mike is that correct this is there is a case from mike i'm looking for an injunction on my wife mallory for leaving chapsticks in her pockets <laughs> this has ruined multiple pieces of clothing over the years anytime i remove a clean load from the dryer and see a chapstick i know we've just avoided disaster Her argument is that I should be checking pockets of all clothing before each load of laundry. My argument is that the burden of chapstick removal should fall on the user of the chapstick. Thank you for considering my case. Gene, you know our friend Paul F. Tompkins? I do. All right. I'm going to make reference to a Paul F. Tompkins bit. This is a Paul F. Tompkins bit. Alert, alert. This is a Paul F. Tompkins bit. You know how he has this bit (laughs) where anytime anytime he... He reads a, a phrase that tracks to the song Girlfriend in a Coma by the Smiths. He has to sing it. In other words, chapstick in her pockets, I know. Mm-hmm. I know it's serious. That's a Paul F. Tompkins bit, everybody. Mm-hmm. Go check out mm-hmm. Paul F. Tompkins and all his things. That's an homage That's to good, Paul F. Tompkins. That's a good friend plug. Oh, well, I also don't want Paul F. Tompkins to get mad at me. That's no fun. But this is chopsticks in your pockets in the laundry. This seems fairly serious to me. To yeah. you too, Gene? Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. I need something to happen once until I am mm-hmm. like, all right, that's a problem. And uh, yeah, I, 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 know, I haven't left a thing like chapsticks as I'm putting the emphasis on the second syllable. Mm-hmm. Um, like chapsticks, but... A long time ago, I left a lipstick, and it was an expensive Mm. lipstick, and that was terrible. And paper. I hate leaving paper in pockets. So I am a turn out all the pockets. You know why? Because I'm the one doing the laundry. Right. Okay. And you're doing your own laundry. And others. And others. Because that's what this comes down to, is that Mike feels that Mallory should be responsible for taking those chapsticks out, even when Mike is himself doing the laundry. Sure. You're just double checking. Just double checking. Just double check. That's it. Sure. Mallory. Sure. Sure. Mallory should do it, but she might not have. Yeah. This comes down to a a very highly contested issue on Judge John Hodgman a few months ago with regard to cleaning the lint screen or the lint 
trap or the lint filter. Mm -hmm. First of all, everyone wanted to have a fight over whether it was called the lint screen, the lint trap, or the lint filter. The lint thing. I call the lint thing. And whose responsibility is it to clean that lint thing, given that it will start a fire if you Mm -hmm. don't clean it regularly? Yeah. And some people felt very strongly you have to clean it immediately after you have finished your laundry Mm. so that the next person doesn't have to do it, Mm -hmm. especially in a shared laundry room situation. I guess so, yeah. And then other people, including your judge, felt, no, you got to clean it yourself. You got to clean it before before every load. As the screen itself says, clean before every load. Oh, I feel like that's the end to that argument. I'd be like the instructions. I mean, but also, first off, is it that big of a deal to just like how much work are you against doing that you're like, ah, ah, ah. Oh my, this, ah, if you are physically unable to do it, not just like unwilling, then I understand, but just like, just to take it out, to peel off the lint and put it back in. My argument, (laughs) my argument was like, why would I, why would I want someone to rob me the weird ASMR pleasure I take in clearing that lint away? Also that very satisfying. Even though that's also probably mostly humans, human, Mm -hmm. human cells. Mm-hmm. Human dust. It is. I it. I collect. Uh, I'm collecting them, and I'm gonna sew them all together and make a nice little leather jacket, <laughs> little dusty leather jacket, a little, a little lint, little jacket? springtime jacket, there little linty Jackie, little linty Jackie, linty jacks. That's my new store. It's right next to the Bad Wife in Park Slope. Come see us. <laughs> linty jacks. <laughs> linty jacks windbreakers. I would go in that store no matter what. I don't even want to know what it's about. You don't want to know what it's about. And then it says that in parentheses under Linty Jacks. You don't want to know <laughs> yeah, yeah. what it's about. No. Oh, I love that idea. All the windbreakers are free. They're free. Just take them. We, we, on the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast, we have settled law, which is be mindful of the work you leave for others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people threw that in my face. It's like they cleaned off that lint screen of that judgment and threw it in my face. Because by me saying, no, the person who is doing the laundry now should clean the lint screen not the you know do it do it mm-hmm. for yourself don't do it for the next person yeah and they were really they're like but you're leaving work for others shouldn't you be mindful of it? it's like yes being mindful doesn't mean you never leave work for others because the fact is the only responsible way to run the dryer is to make sure that the lint screen is clear it's your job it, you just it's, it's your job it's your stuff it's your clothes it, w- just check it yeah. And you know what? Just just do it. The imperative of disaster, both in the lint screen and the lipsticks and the chapsticks, yep. overrides that it's more fair if they if the person with the chapstick takes the chapstick out. It's like fairness yep. isn't important here. Safety is. It's not Sorry, just, I, inter- I interrupt. No, no. You're you're one hundred percent right. That was it. Just Thank you. just be mindful. It's not it's just do it. Yeah. Does it really matter? Does it really matter who it is? As long as it gets done? Mallory, you should Take the chapsticks out of your pockets. By the way, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things you can put on your lips these days. I'm glad there's still some people living in 1981 putting on chapstick. I, I tell you what, it, that I'm glad we got to talk about it because I'm excited that she has chapstick, and I'm excited that she has multiple chapsticks. I miss <laughs> chapstick. It's out there. You can I still could buy get it. it. I could. I don't. They keep it next to the clove and lavender flavored chewing gum. Mm. Like it's old. That immediately you school. buy it because uh, that. That uh, that product packaging looks amazing. And you're like, I like cloves. And then you put yeah. it in your mouth and you chew it and you pretend like you love this. And it right. is horrible. It is horrible. And the gum is hard to chew. Mm. Do you think maybe that, I mean, I know that I'm not supposed to know what it's about, but do you think Linty Jacks is all about selling <laughs> products like chapsticks and clove flavored gum? No. And old... Like Zagnuts and old weird stuff. I think that's your store that's next door to Linty Jack's. Linty Jill's. It's called <laughs> Linty Jill's. It's kind of a spite store because it has nothing to do with the, there's no lint I'd never want to take away from Linty Jack's. I would want, I listen, if we are going to be friends and we are going to make money and we don't open spite stores next to each other, then what have we done, John? I'll tell you something, Gene. There are many, many unrented storefronts. Please throughout the start. city of New York. 
There are many, many storefronts that are empty. And there's a reason for it, because landlords are greedy. And they would rather not rent to someone for a fair price than hold it open for a bank that will eventually come in and pay them too much. Yeah. But in a perfect world, if we had a run down 7th Avenue, the Bad Wife, Linty Jacks, and Spite Store, that's the name of my store. Just Spite Store. Ah, side-by-side storefronts. I've always wanted a storefront. Let me tell you, I'm making good money. There's going to be some more. I don't have children. Where is this? I'm not going to take the money with me. What else am I doing with it? Open Lindy Jacks. I'll pay for the Spite store. I'll pay for both stores. What? No, you don't. I'll, I'll, I can pay my own my own way. You're on spite, spite store? All right. Out of Spite. Oh. oh. <laughs> Cut off my nose to spite <laughs> my face. I wanted a storefront for so long when the there was an old school laundry on 7th Avenue called Laundry Center. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Had a beautiful, beautiful sign, and they closed. And this is before I knew you. Uh, so I said to Jonathan Colton, we should rent Launder Center mm-hmm. and turn that into our office. We just sit there and, and make our stuff and do our things. Oh, that's so good. Do you not and change? Just do you keep everything? Just leave the sign. I love it. And the motto would be, and this is Jonathan's joke. Now I'm going to steal another joke from a funnier friend. <laughs> Jonathan's like, yeah, and our motto will be, the center will not fold. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Mark, take those chapsticks out of the pockets. If you're doing the laundry, just do it. Just do it. Just make sure. Mike. Got to make sure. Mike, sorry. But also, also Mark. If, if Mark is there, you could do it too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on with your relationship. Do whatever you want. Um, You want to do the second one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We got a case from Hunter. Hunter says... I live with three roommates in Portland, Oregon, where cans have a 10-cent deposit. We use a lot of cans, enough that we can redeem them for $15 to $20 every few weeks. My roommates, yeah, generally throw their, I don't know what they're, what's in those cans, what what you got in those cans. Also, they're not, (laughs) Hunter isn't saying we we have a lot of beverages in cans. He just says we use a lot of cans. We use I'm, I don't know what that means. I don't know what's is vague. In, Sounds freaky. Oh, mm, it's Portland, too. My uh-huh. roommates generally throw their cans in the trash, but they will occasionally use the can return bin I made because they're in Portland. So he made right. it. You, he made come on. Can. This is not yeah. surprising. It's yeah. probably made out of cans. This leaves me to pick the recyclables out of the trash and return the cans myself. And here's where it gets sticky. That's okay. not what he said. That's what I said. My roommates claim that they are entitled to some portion of the deposit money or even items purchased with the deposit money, such as pizza, as they paid the deposit initially. But I feel that they have no right to the money as they rarely put cans in the bin. They also never assist with returning them. Help me, Judge. What should be done with our collective can fund? So much to unpack. Where do you want to start, Gene? <sighs> Hunter made his own recycling bin. I I want to know if he's just saying that he made, uh, he designated a bin. Right. Or that he made the bin. Or he crafted it. Or he crafted it. Out, out of reclaimed wood. And lint. And copper brads. And chapsticks. And chapsticks. 15 to $20 a week. I don't, at 10 cents a can. What? Look, I don't do Can't math do that anymore, math. Someone do that math. That's 200,000 cans a week. 200,000. <laughs> You know what I love? <laughs> when you get to a certain age, you're just like, yeah, no, I mean, that sounds about right, right? That's a lot. That's a lot of can through. And I mean, what let's just you... keep, let's just, let's just look. Maybe they live poke... in the apocalypse. We could poke, we can, we can speculate as to their lifestyle in so many ways. But ultimately, this does some, come down to simple fairness. Yes. If Hunter's the one returning the cans, shouldn't he get to keep the money? Yes or no, Gene? Yes. Right. If they took turns returning the cans, then what? Then, then, then we talk about splitting it. But, uh, but as the actual work to retrieve the money, and also the the whole setting up of the thing, like they could do it themselves. They could make their own bins and put their own cans in that, and right. then get their own money. Like, why do that's you? That's right. That's not his problem. So, I mean, there could be a situation. I'll give I'll give you this, Hunter's roommates. It could be that every one of you is drinking 2,000 cans of LaCroix a week. Or maybe, you know what, Gene, I bet, you know what I bet it is? Mm. 
I don't want to be scandalous here, but because mm. it's Portland, could be beers. Mm-hmm. Could be four roommates drinking beers in Portland, Oregon, like it's 1999 or something. Yeah, you guys need to talk to someone. It's but a lot. You could all be returning your own cans and getting your own money if you're just if you're not even throwing it in the bin, or even if you are. It takes work to go and return those recyclables. Mm-hmm. Hunter gets that money. Right, Gene? Get that beautiful bean money. Roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) We're going to take a break uh, to hear from this week's partners. We'll be back with more cases to clear from the docket. I'm here with Gene Gray on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020... I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. This week, we're clearing the docket and hearing springtime cases. Gene, we have some disputes about flowers. Gene, will you read the first one to me, please? Yes, I will. It's very close to my heart. And uh, it's an alliteration. It's a case from Andrew in Anchorage. I don't know that we've ever had a case from Anchorage, Alaska. Hello up there. Andrew from Anchorage, Alaska. Very nice. Well, Andrew says, my wife likes to grow flowers from bulbs indoors in pots. I love having live flowers grow in our house. She will either grow lilies or paper whites on our kitchen counter. The lilies are colorful, pretty, and interesting to look at. The paper whites are boring, and they smell terrible. 
There have been many times I've gone into the kitchen and smelled something gross, and after looking around to see if there was spoiled food in the fridge or if the garbage needs to be taken out, I remember it is the boring, stinky white flowers. Please make my wife stop growing gross, stinky, boring flowers in our kitchen. Wow. We we do not have a lot of plants in our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife, who's a whole human being in her own right, has an oxalis plant. Oh, nice. Which I find to be creepy because the leaves close during the night and then they open during mm-hmm. the day. And that's a little bit more... Plant movement than you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't have any flowers. Do you know anything about these uh, paper whites, Gene? Or um, do you grow flowers in your house or in your garden? I, I did. I have grown flowers in an outside garden to varying degrees of success, but that is because it was New York and New York soil, and I was doing my best. Um, right. I Plants and herbs I do inside. You know what New York soil is primarily made out of? People. And? Poop. Pizza! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> This is true. It's a fact. It's on New York's Wikipedia. You can look it up. Um, I I like a fresh cut flower in the house. I normally Mm. have a lot of white tulips. I do white hydrangeas. If they're out of everything, I'll do roses, but I'm not a huge roses fan. Mm. Um, And uh, the things that I I thoroughly enjoy, uh, tulips, just white tulips and lilies, but lilies are very toxic to cats. So I am very oh. limited because of Littles um, on the Your amount cat. of, yeah, right uh, uh, on the kinds of plants that we can keep in the house. I have a lot of plants. They have to go up high. Only some of them can stay lower down because he does like to chew a plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so my flower um, growing indoors is is limited because I do not want Littles to die. No, you want Littles to live. Yeah. And uh, paper paper about... whites are terrible. Uh, well, how come? Well, they're they're actually very divisive. Um, I didn't know that. It's the scent of them, which I as and I'll, I'll talk about scents for a second afterwards, please. Um, but it can kind of it's sort of be like a cilantro issue where they're not really, they mm. don't really smell like that to everyone, but the people that they do, it it does smell like a stinky plant, and it's not something that you want around, but it doesn't affect everyone in the same way. Interesting. And I think you know why. I think you know why. Why? I think I don't know why. Wait a minute. I thought I knew why. Yes. Here is, all right, look, I did some research. Mm -hmm. I went to a a website, a blog that is for some place called Longfield Gardens. Mm -hmm. I hope they're a good company. This blog was written December 3rd, 2019. By Kath La Liberté, which is a pretty cool name. Sounds like a fake name. <laughs> Headline, Paper White Narcissus, Sweet or Smelly? Yeah. And Kath La Liberté, if that is indeed their name, writes that the naturally produced biochemical that gives Paper White Narcissus their distinct, distinctive fragrance is called Indole, I-N-D-O-L-E. Indole, Indole? yeah. Indole, is that what it is? I think it's Indole. Indole, so. let's say, I trust you. Y'all are going to tell us if we're right or wrong. Yeah, they're all going to write us letters that are saying it's pronounced, and then they'll just spell out indole. And like, that doesn't Thank help. you so much. <laughs> Other plants that also produce indole include gardenias, which definitely mm-hmm. have a very distinctive smell, mm-hmm. jasmine, and orange flowers. Yeah. The biochemical compound indole, Catholic Liberté writes, is found throughout the natural world in various things. Catholic uh, Liberté gives a list. I'm going to read the list in reverse order because I know where this is going already. <laughs> Kale. Mm-hmm. Indole is found in broccoli. Indole is found in body odor. Indole is found in decaying animals. And then feces. Yeah. Poop. S- smells like poop. Now, listen, the issue is poop or things that smell animalistic or funky, or just earthy. have that, or, or earthy, but very specifically, like when someone's like, oh, that's stinky, it normally falls in like that, um, that animal or, or poop range. But even in the perfume world, as I, I'm a person who likes a little bit of funk 
in their perfume. Yeah. I like something yeah. animalistic and it makes things when when surviving within everything else, when it becomes part of a big smell song, you know, uh, part of that orchestra, right. it makes it more complex. And that's things like civet, like ambergris, like castorium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, OK. And but those are also very polarizing perfumes, you know. Right. But yeah, indole is used in perfume. Mm-hmm. It's that very kind of stinky, funky, let's get down sort of smell. If you ever want to smell anything that really takes you to that place, uh, you can try the night. I advise you get a sample of it because you're probably going to spend about $1,000 <laughs> to buy the bottle. It's, it's called the night? It's called the night. It's uh, Frederick Mall fragrance, but it's made by uh, Dominic Gropion, who makes some of my favorite things. He makes one of my favorite perfumes, La Vie Belle, but he also did a portrait of a lady, Flower Bomb. Um, you guys might know what I'm talking about, but it's called the night. And it was the one... I had I had to buy a sample of it because the reviews of it were like this smells people the adjectives <laughs> it was like barnyard a lot of it uh-huh. was barnyard and then a lot of it was goat um like inside of a goat's butt um <laughs> it just like a a dead cow being dragged through oh. a marketplace at 3 a.m. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, I need to know. And as someone who loves like that, I love a little bit of civet in in, in a fragrance. I think it makes right. it beautiful. Man, you got to smell this. I You got to smell this. Watch any review. Watch anyone on YouTube just trying it. Okay. Like, it's not... It's not the aversion that someone would have to paper whites, but I think smell is so delicate for everyone. And um yeah, that it, it it can be a big deal. There's other good flowers. There's other good white flowers she could grow in the house by bulb. Yeah, I think I'm I think I feel you leaning towards judgment in Andrew's favor that yeah. Andrew's wife should stop growing the paper whites cuz they smell like poop to him. Yeah. What would you recommend as a as another as an alternative if, if you were gardenia and jasmine is off? Maybe not. Maybe ja- I don't. I think well, if he's where people find no, um, not necessarily. I think sometimes people find uh, paper whites um, uh, divisive and jasmine not so much. Jasmine's a lot sweeter. Oh. So and it, re- but it it's definitely going to make the whole house smell try try Mm -hmm. a little bit try a little jasmine all right get some other flowers andrew's wife okay we got another one from josh before my now wife eliza and i were dating we corresponded over aol instant messenger remember that as friends (laughs) i lived in new jersey and she lived in washington dc after many months of messaging on a regular basis, we agreed that it would be nice for me to visit for a weekend and hang out in person. Being relatively poor young people, it seemed most reasonable for me to stay on her couch during the visit. Not wanting to be rude, I wanted to bring a small gift to her to thank her for her hospitality. I decided that the most reasonable gift would be some platonic flowers, which I was bringing as a friend. Eliza says that these were not platonic flowers and indeed that there is no such thing as friend flowers. I've gotten this far and now realize that requesting the judge to order that these were indeed always platonic flowers could create time space issues with my current relationship. Oh, I see what happened there at the end of the message. That's funny. Because they were just friends then and now they're married. If I rule that those flowers were indeed platonic, even though... Eliza took them as unconsciously or consciously romantic overtures. Yeah. Maybe it will destroy their relationship. Yeah. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do it. I'm messy. As long as the judgment is true. What do you think, Jean Grey? Is there such a thing as platonic flowers? 100%. You can give... I think Eliza just doesn't have friends that are giving her flowers. I have friends who give me flowers all the time for anything, right. for just saying message, congratulations. Message received. I Yellow roses. Yeah. Yellow roses. Yeah. No, you should. It. You, sh- you haven't done that. And it's been mm-hmm. a thing, but I haven't I brought it up. I don't think I ever have. I don't think I ever Yellow roses are specifically for friendship. I don't want yellow roses because I don't like yellow roses. You don't but like I'm yellow just saying. Roses. 
Right. So Maeve sent me flowers. Of course, Maeve sent you flowers. Maeve Higgins is the sweetest person in the world, not a monster like saying. me. What kind of flowers did Maeve send you? Good ones. All right. There's so many good, like, great um, Brooklyn-based florists also. Send Jean good flowers. I like sending flowers. You should you should be getting and sending flowers to your friends, even if you just decide. And it's for nothing, and it just happens to be a Wednesday, and you're like, everyone likes to get flowers if they're not allergic to flowers, and it's the flowers they like. They're and always so long good. As it's not poop flowers. Not poop, right? Ask first. Valerie Moffat, guest producer and guest editor, that well, not guest editor, always editor this week and every week. Platonic flowers, yay or nay? Uh, I think I think yay. Um, I think it's yay, it's yay, a, like it's possible, or yay, like yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think both. I'm not. I'm not much of like a flower person. I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a nice gesture, and I think like you know, as long as you have a good enough relationship with your friends that you know that you know like that that's all that you mean by it, then yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. I agree with you. Platonic flowers are great, but now I'm going to put it to you both of you. I'm going to give you a very specific context. Mm-hmm. You have been corresponding with a person that you've never met via AOL Instant Messenger mm-hmm. or the texting channel of your choice for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You are just friends. It is established that mm-hmm. you are friends. This person, in this case, this man named Josh, whom you've never met before in your life, is coming to your house to crash on the couch I'm putting air quotes around all of those things because mm-hmm. that's a weird decision. I like Eliza very brave. I mean, brave. Eliza girl. Mm. But it, it worked jo- out. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I know. so far, out. Eliza, so far. <laughs> I know, but Josh shows up with flowers to your house. Does that feel platonic to you? Or does that feel like I would like to take things to a different level? Valerie? I mean, it it depends on on like what your friendship has been like up to that point. You know, it like if you've this been is instant the f- messaging with a person you've never met them before, right? Yeah, and it's like not if, in a dating context, right? Like, yeah, like, if this is mm-hmm. if this is the first hint of you know, like if if either of them had been even a right. little bit flirty in their right. previous correspondence, right? There's there's no way to. It's got to be flirty. Yeah, it's gotta exactly. Be flirty. There's no way that it's not. Um, if it if it's purely a friendship thing, then I think you, I think it's entirely entirely reasonable. Yeah. Okay, Gene. What do you think? Josh shows up at your house after you've been texting him for a uh-huh. while. He's got a bunch of flowers. Sure. I'm gonna say again. The issue is that Eliza and her friends have not been giving flowers to each other because. Mm-hmm. Whether Josh and I have or haven't been flirting, I also don't read much into other things. I'm also the person who would be like, oh, thank you for the flowers. Is this flirty? Like, I just, yeah. I, I mm. ask outright. I wouldn't because I'm like, oh, you're staying here. So this is a hospitality gift. Just like when right. you, you're going to stay at someone's house, that's a normal thing to do. So maybe it's because they were young. And like this isn't an experience that you have a lot, but um, it would read as strictly platonic. Uh, what would read as flirty is if he was flirting with me. Mm. I definitely feel that because of the AOL Instant Messenger, this dates this to a time. Yeah, in the in the late nineties, where uh, discuss- just being open about your desires was not acceptable. I was very not, open about my, you know, you know what? Um, I was not like an, an acceptable person at the time. So I get yeah, it. You're no, I was very person. open. I was, yeah. yeah. And I would just be like, What's, the what are these, these flowers days, about? The kids these days aren't on AOL Messenger saying, oh, we're just friends. Remember, we're just friends. Yeah. They're going to say, do you want to hug and kiss or not? Yeah, I was there. Like, yeah. But that's there. not where Josh and Eliza were. Well, I'm sorry for that. What, I'm going to say, this is my judgment. Sorry, finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say my AOL messenger name. Please. <laughs> it was Papa Cat blocking you. You're welcome. <laughs> Papa Cat blocking you. 
so good. <laughs> Josh, there is such a thing as platonic flowers. Um, search yourself. I think you knew that you were giving those, you were trying to impress that, that Eliza. I think you knew what you were doing, but the more flowers you give, the less charged they are. So everybody give each other flowers. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick break. When we come back, the return of our segment, justice delayed. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, we're taking a break from the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I would just like to remind everybody, we are in April, the cruelest month. Uh, and I think we're that. what comes next, Gene, is May, mm -hmm. the, the second cruelest month. It is. But May shall be redeemed because Memorial Day weekend in May, Gene Gray and I will be returning to the Solid Sound Festival in North Adams, Massachusetts. What's that, you say? What? Why, it's only the incredible two-day arts and music festival hosted by Wilco, the band. All the Wilkins will be there, <laughs> as well as incredible guests such as uh, Mike Watt from the Minutemen and the Sun Ra Orchestra. Yeah. And also, me and Gene hosting the comedy stage along with our friends, Nick Offerman. My cousin. Yeah, your cousin Nick. Mm -hmm. Actual cousin Nick Offerman, as well as Josh Gondelman, Woo! Nagin Farsad, and other fun guests to be announced yet. So please, won't you consider checking us out at Solid Sound Festival on your Google or whatever search engine you use, Alta Vista it, find out about it. It's going to be fun. Bring We'd me flowers. To see you there. Yeah, bring Gene some flowers, will you? And also, you've all been so wonderful in supporting Dicktown, the TV show that David Reese and I made, starring Gene Gray, by the way, as Monica, cosplay expert. Yeah, that's right. This Thursday, April the 14th at 8 p.m., David Reese and I are going to watch all of season two of Dicktown together, and we're inviting you to watch with us. How, you say? Simply go to twitch.tv slash John Hodgman, all one word, twitch.tv slash John Hodgman, 8 p.m., Thursday, April 14th, that's Eastern Standard Time. David and I will be watching each episode. Now, you're going to be watching us watch the episodes. It's that kind of meta. I'm on Twitch now. I'm like a young person. We're going to be watching the episodes, and we're going to be commenting on them, recording a kind of director's commentary. And between the episodes and during breaks, we'll be responding to your comments. We'll be uh, talking to you and answering your questions. And uh, maybe we'll even have some other surprises for you. Twitch.tv slash John Hodgman, 8 p.m., April the 14th, season two of Dicktown. Watch along. Please watch along with us. If you're not interested in going to Twitch because you're some kind of a stick in the mud, uh, 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 old person, unlike me, John Hodgman, you can watch on a legacy social media platform like Twitter. We'll be broadcasting live to Twitter as well there, but we won't be able to see your comments if you have any. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll just say it one more time. Dicktown season two, watch along Thursday, April 14th at 8 p.m. Please join us, won't you? If you haven't yet, or you'd like to tell a friend, bit.ly slash Dicktown is where you find the TV show. You don't have to watch it. Just press play and walk away. All right, <laughs> let's get back. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm your judge, Judge John Hodgman, here with my dear friend, our dear friend, friend of the court, mm -hmm. 
supreme Jean Grey, a.k.a. Papa Caplock in you. <laughs> We're clearing the docket this week and talking about spring. It's time for our popular segment, Justice Delayed. Gene, this is a segment we've been doing on the show lately because uh, I realized that um, there are hundreds of emails that I received mm. five to ten years ago that I never responded to. Humble brags. So every now and then, well, it's not they're not it's not people sending me flowers. It's people saying I would like to. I have a dispute for your show and me failing to respond to them, and I'm <laughs> I'm a bad person. So every now and then I go deep, deep into the deep into the pile. Mm. And uh, and pick one from the olden days. This one actually doesn't go back that far. This dispute goes all the way back to spring of only 2016. Jean, would you read it for me, please? I absolutely will. I have a coworker who, whenever she sneezes, will literally and somewhat daintily say the words "achoo" on each sneeze, even if she sneezes more than once. She has allergies and it being spring, this is happening with more frequency as of late. I say it can't possibly be a real sneeze. An actual sneeze is an involuntary physical response to an unexpected irritation of the nasal passages, resulting in a sudden forceful expulsion of air and aerolized mucus. You sound fun at a party. She, however. This guy's name is Matt, by the way. I forgot to mention this comes from Matt. Matt's an. Party. Fun mm, so fun. He is. It says yeah. fun Matt. She, however, insists that she's not faking it and that this is just how she's sneezed her whole life. I ask that you order her to either cease and desist from such theatrical outbursts or else replace all body emitted sounds with your appropriate words, such as <coughs> cough, fart, sniff. You can't. And so on. That's what he's asking for you to do. John Hodgman. <laughs> Go ahead. Absol well, first of all, on the, on the second part, I absolutely order everyone to say cough and fart and sniffle when they're doing those things from now on. That should be that should be part of human life. Uh, cough, cough, uh, cough. It's hard. Fart. Fart's easy. Sniffle. Fart's difficult. Easy. Fart. Cough's fart. very hard. Cough. Cough uh -huh. is hard because cough. Coughs just sound like coughs. But here, we, but here is the issue. Mm -hmm. There are many different kinds of sneezes. Listen, talk about it. And in fact, this goes back, Matt, to settled law. Of course, you wrote you wrote in 2016. Settled law was settled in spring of 2019 on our episode called Gesundheit. Becca wanted their wife Bridget to quote sneeze normal <laughs> because Bridget was sneezing too loudly. Mm. But what we determine there, there is no normal sneeze. We all there are many different kinds of sneezes, and we can modulate our sneezes because, mm -hmm. as I pointed out on that episode, when I really let go, when I'm on my own, I will sneeze. It's it sounds like someone has hit me in the stomach with a cement pole, ah! with a giant chapstick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a jumbo sized chapstick yeah. that they got from duty free in Heathrow Airport. Massive chapstick. I could not get it. I was saving on the taxes. Those chap taxes are very expensive. <laughs> chap tax. But when I'm in when I'm in company, I won't do that. And I'll go. I'll swallow my sneeze. Mm -hmm. How do you sneeze, Jean? Well, my mom had a very huge sneeze. She was big really? on the sneeze. Like, it was very disruptive. And I always thought that she hated it. And I thought, I was like, I think that's cool that a woman has, like, a a big present sneeze. Um, mine are generally more in the... It's more of a... Have you ever heard anyone sneeze and actually go, achoo? I have done a achoo. Yeah. And not, um, not, like, as a joke. Just because I felt like it was going to be small. Right. And it, it was like a hitch, hitch, more of a hitch, where you close the end of it. But yeah. Valerie Moffat, how do you sneeze, if I may ask? Well, it, I, like you said, there's, there's degrees of it. Like if, if, if there's no one else around, I'll sneeze like there's a bomb going off. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm, you know, in polite company, I will, you know, do my best to like, and you know, like into right. the into the shoulder, into the elbow, and into like, the elbow, classic mm -hmm. into yeah, the exactly. elbow. Yeah, this is yeah. My mom's a, a preschool teacher. I I I can't not you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you learned. I mean, Matt, how dare you try to gaslight this lady and say that she sneezes wrong? 
you don't know how she's sneezing at home. Oh, this is gaslighting. You're saying you're literally saying I say it can't possibly be real. You think she's faking it? No. I mean, there's a reason an achoo is achoo. There's a reason a meow is meow. You know, it's an onomatopoeia. Talk about it. It's a, it's a word that sounds like uh, the sound that it is. Out here making Hodgman say the words. It's a wild coincidence of grammar. Yeah. It's so weird that a meow sounds like a meow. <laughs> the word, who knew? Sneezes should be called achoos. They should be called achoos. Or chablex. And probably, did you ever consider, Matt, of 2016, <laughs> that that maybe your coworker is sneezing this way because she is at work? Hmm. Maybe that's her small sneeze. Her yeah. small work sneeze. Her small work sneeze? Sounds right. Because maybe she doesn't presume that she has all the space in the world to just go, blah, blah, yeah. the way you do, Matt. Because then that would be a real problem, I feel, for Matt. Matt would yeah. not like that at all. And he Some, would explain it. Yeah, but you know, Matt's, Matt's feeling that there is, oh, there is one kind of sneeze and it's, blah, hmm. comes from a person who feels very comfortable taking up space. Oh, you mean men? I'm saying a person who feels- Sure. Oh, you mean white men? Naturally very comfortable <laughs> taking up space and being loud in ways that other people might not feel as comfortable hmm. and have maybe been culturally trained to hmm. not take up space. Oh, a lot is being said without it being said. So, uh, uh, God or whatever, do not bless you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope God or whatever blesses you. I hope God or whatever blesses everyone. If there is a God out there to bless, oh thanks. I hope I hope they bless my um uh, my new my new lint store, Linty Jacks. Linty I hope we prosper. Jacks. Oh, I forgot. We're not we're not selling anything, but I hope we prosper in popularity. <laughs> Everything's that's free. why I don't understand what's going on at Linty Jacks. Nothing's for sale. Yeah, that's right. Because we don't want to be uh, linked back to the murders. Whoa, whoa. What? Well, I don't know, Linty Jacks. <laughs> It's Jean, real vague. <laughs> Jean Grey, thank you for being our guest bailiff. The, the docket's clear. I'm going to read the credits. But let me just say, first of all, check out Linty Jacks <laughs> when it comes up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pop-up it's store on 7th Avenue. In and I don't know if I can get the store the storefront next door. Maybe I'll just do a pop-up within your pop-up called Spite Store. Yeah, we can put up a, a curtain. Anything else you want to tell people about that they should be looking out for for stuff from Jean Grey? <sighs> um, it's it's so much stuff that's coming out at the end of the year, but I guess like don't forget about it. Um, I am the musical director and composer of uh, Did I Do That to the Holidays, a Steve Urkel story coming out uh in the holidays at the end of this a, year. This year, a Steve Urkel holiday special. Yeah, that's right. Did I do that to the holidays? <laughs> It is Jaleel White. He's he's doing it. You're the musical director. Wyatt Sinek is our friend. Wyatt Sinek yes. is involved. Um, he wrote, and um, it's got an amazing cast uh, that I don't think I can talk about yet. But um, right. really, really cool. Um, I've got a book that's coming out in like two years, and then I got a show that's coming out like next year called "That's Not How You Do That." So, um, and I'm where just the, working sh- the show hard. will be on? This is a a, a, a a televised show of some kind, a streamed. Yes. It's not a live show. It's a, no, it's, it's not a live can, show. Can find on their devices. Yeah, I'll I'll let you I'll let y'all know. Just you know, just keep up with me. And since we spoke so fondly of your mom, who I never had the, yeah. the honor to meet, we should say her name, Sathima B. Benjamin. Sathima B. Benjamin. You can go look at any of her things, listen to any of her stuff. What I the most recent thing that I listened to um, when I went to the Chelsea, I thought it would be nice for her to be there, so I poured her a glass of wine. And I played uh, from her album with Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. That is correct. That sounds wild, but it is what wow. it is. Uh, Solitude is one of my favorite pieces. Um, so maybe go S- check Satima. that out. I mispronounced your name, didn't I? Yeah, you did a soft T-H. It's just a hard T. Satima. It's spelled S-A-T-H-I-M-A-B-B-E-A, mm-hmm. Benjamin, uh, in the in the fairly traditional spelling. Just Google yes. it and, and enjoy. That's the docket. It is now clear. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Judge John Hodgman. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer uh, on break this week. Our bailiff is Jesse Thorne on break this week. Our editor who never takes a break is Valerie Moffat. Thanks for, Aww, cool, Valerie, thank go. you for uh, guest producing this week, uh, Valerie. As you know, photo evidence from all our episodes can be found on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. We mm-hmm. don't have any specific photo evidence, but uh, 
You can follow me on Twitter at Hodgman. Gene, you are no longer on Twitter. No. And, and good for you. Yeah, I'm I, uh, I'm trying to live my life. But uh, do you still post Instagram from time I'm, to time? I am on Instagram. It's uh, Jeannie Grigio, J-E-A-N-N-I-E, Grigio, like the Grigio wine. Grigio is in Pinot Grigio. And I am at John Hodgman. That's my personal account. Our show account, as I say again, is at Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets. Hashtag J-J-H-O. And check out the Maximum Fund subreddit to discuss this episode. We are still looking for your beekeeping disputes. Gene, do you have any beekeeping disputes? Any apiology disputes with anybody? No. Uh, Trying to get this expert witness on the show, this woman who who, who uh, clears uh, bee swarms on Instagram and puts oh, them into hives. That's a wonderful job. I, I, there are a couple of people I follow on TikTok. I do that because okay. I, I really enjoy watching people save some bees. I, just because it, it's such a thing I would be so terrified of doing. And they're, they're just so beautiful. Anything relating to bees, well, uh, honey, uh, if you have a dispute revolving around uh, how much honey someone puts in their tea. <laughs> um, if uh, you have a dispute about a bee puppet that is in Jean Grey's office. If you want to dispute anything about my mom with me, her middle name is Bee. That's true. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't pick a Don't, fight with Gene over her mom. Do that, but, but you know, if you know someone in your life who's, or maybe you have a, is B. Arthur a a, a great actress or the greatest actress, mm-hmm. for example? Mm-hmm. B. That's a one too. Any beekeeping disputes you might have, buzz us <laughs> at <laughs> maximumfun.org/slash/jjho. And of course, we're eager to hear all of your disputes on any subject. No case is too small. So, once again, submit your cases at maximumfun.org slash jjho we'll talk to you next time on the judge john hodgman podcast maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported